I joked with Zach. I said, make sure you release children for children's church or else I won't know when to come up here. It took me, it took me like five weeks to realize at what point I'm supposed to come up. And I remember one, one week I came up like 10 minutes early and awkwardly sat in one of these chairs. I don't know if y'all remember that or not. But. So if he didn't release kids to children's church, I wouldn't know when to come up here. So good job, Zach. James, where you at? We miss you, buddy. <laughs> we don't miss you too much yet, but uh, come on back whenever you're feeling better. Out there in internet land. All right, so... I'm going to pray for us before we get started. Heavenly Father, thank you for gathering us here today and putting smiles on our faces. And uh, many of us are going through things and, and uh, life is tough sometimes. But when we gather here, it's for the purpose of hearing your word and learning more about you. And, and that is uh, one of the that is the greatest highlight of our life. And I'm just thankful that you saved me when you did. And I'm thankful that you brought me to this church. And I'm thankful that you have me up here speaking about you today. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So, why do we do the things that we do? Last week, well, the week before last, we talked about why we sing. We sing because Scripture tells us to sing. We sing because Jesus sang with His disciples. And we sing because Jesus saved us. Last week, we talked about why do we testify. We testify because there are many examples of testimonies in Scripture of people telling about the saving power of Jesus. We testify because Jesus saved us, and we testify because it's one of the first steps of discipleship. And I'm still fired up about last weekend, just having the people that, that I've known for a long time here with us, and, and they enjoyed it here, and Ruth shared her testimony, and uh, it was just a, it was a good time. Good time was had by all, I hope. Uh, I intended for Katie to speak more about the Australia trip because she is the one that's... Uh, you know, she's from there, and she is the one that assembled the, the team and the, and the trip and all that. And I got distracted by all the, the, the testimony, and uh, she said, I sure hope it went as well as you wanted it to the other day. And I said, well, it went well, but I forgot to get you to share about the trip. So she gracefully made us a video to watch. So this is a video Sunday, uh, and we'll play that later. So, this week we're talking about why do we go? Why do we go and make disciples? We need to discuss the most commanding passage of Scripture, which is known as the Great Commission. And this is found in Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 through 20. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted, and Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So the big picture story of the gospel is that Jesus came to earth as God and man and died for our sins so that we would inherit eternal life with him forever and so he he died was buried rose from the dead ascended uh, seated at the right hand of the father and then he tells the disciples to go and and make disciples he says this is to become the point of your life so we are carrying on that work two thousand years later and that is the purpose of our lives is to tell other people about jesus 
So why do we go and make disciples? Because Jesus said so. And when I wrote Jesus said so, I, th I thought of wrestling in the old days, you know, because Stone Cold said so. <laughs> it's just a funny. Every time I read this, I thought about Stone Cold Steve Austin, which probably isn't the healthiest thing in the world. But <laughs> why do we go and make disciples? Because Jesus said so. He desires for this mission to become the purpose of our life. So the next question we may begin to ask ourselves is, if we're supposed to go and make disciples, where do we go? How often do we go? And to whom do we go? This question is a little more difficult to figure out. We sometimes don't have a whole lot of clarity in where or how or when or who. And I'm going to attempt to explain to you all today how I sift through that in my own life so that it becomes applicable to you all. That's a hard word. So. First off, I believe that the Lord leads us to certain places, certain people, and uh, in a couple of different ways. Firstly, the Lord gives us, without this first step, this is, these, these decisions are impossible. The Lord gives us a radical love for the gospel message, a clear understanding of the saving grace of Jesus, a clear understanding of His Word and His direction for our lives. Without this love for the gospel message and a clear understanding of the Word, going and making disciples will make zero sense to us. Secondly, the Lord gives us direction by placing a desire on our hearts for certain people or places. In the book of Acts, in chapter 16, the Holy Spirit of Jesus stopped Paul from going to certain places and sent him to Macedonia. Acts chapter 16, verses 6 through 10. And they went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. And when they had come up to Mycenae, they attempted to go into Bithynia. Bithynia. But the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. So passing by Messiah, they, sent, they went down to Troas. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing there, urging him and saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go on into Macedonia, concluding that God called us to preach the gospel to them. And as I was reading this and writing this this week, I thought my theory was maybe they went to Macedonia because they couldn't pronounce all these other places. Because <laughs> I sure can't. But Paul was trying to go to one place and the Holy Spirit said, nope, you're not going there, you're going to Macedonia. And that, you know, I don't have visions. Uh, you know, I don't have dreams about where I'm supposed to go, but I do have a lot of clarity and let me explain using the three points. I don't think I ever got to the third point, but the three points of how I, I filter through these things in my own life is God has given me a love for the message of the gospel. God has told me to go to the nations and make disciples. And three, God has given me opportunities to go to certain places to do that. Now, the first place I had an opportunity was Springfield. Why Springfield? Because I was born there and I was saved there. So that's where my opportunity was at first. Then my opportunity became Bellevue, and we all know how I got here, so I don't need to recap that story. But what about the temporary places? Well, one of the first temporary places was Jacksonville, North Carolina, which I know there's some Marines in here that have probably been to Jacksonville, North Carolina. Are you from Jacksonville, North Carolina? Okay. Well, there we go. I've been there. Uh, and that's uh, the Marine Corps base Lejeune is there, Camp Lejeune is there, and we had actually zero intention to end up in Jacksonville, North Carolina. We were trying to go to Haiti. We had a team assembled, everybody was going. Our church had a partnership with an orphanage there and that's where we were going. And this was in maybe 2018 and that trip fell apart 
because of political instability or people were killing each other down there. And we said, eh, it's probably not the safest place we can go. And I think also we weren't allowed to go at that time because of all that. So uh, the team, some people maybe dropped out, but the team brainstormed together and we, we already took time off work. And we, we said, well, maybe we're supposed to go somewhere else. And somehow providentially Jacksonville, North Carolina became the, the new place. And that's where we went. So um, we, we went, we partnered with a guy down there that was doing ministry with Marines. He was having meals for them and, and such. So we just went and served alongside him and it was really good. Uh, Tanzania is another one. So this was a temporary place that I went and, and the reason I had an opportunity to go there was because our church had a 10 or 15 year long partnership with a church in Tanzania. And that was the open door for me. And as th this Tanzania was my first international mission trip, and I guess my only international mission trip until a couple weeks from now when we're going to Australia. But as I signed up or as I was brainstorming and praying about that trip, I looked over to one of my good friends, his name is Ross Wright. And I said, Ross, how do you, how do you pray? How do you, what's your method of figuring out whether or not you should go? And he said, well, he's real, Ross is real quiet and kind of simple guy. He said, well, Jesus told us to go to all nations and make disciples. I don't really have to pray about it. He already said it. I was like, oh, well, that's valid. <laughs> So, you know, sometimes we need that sort of simplicity just to, you know, he already said go. I have an opportunity to go. I have the time to go. I have the finances to go. I have no reason not to go. Now, as I say that, I didn't participate in every single missions opportunity at my previous church because, again, remember our, our three points. I'm going to summarize them later, but I'll go ahead and do that in three words. The three points are salvation, desire, and opportunity. Well, I don't have a desire to go to every single place. So that's why I have to run all of, run these decisions through a filter of, okay, I'm saved. That's point one. Do I have a desire? Do I have an opportunity? And that's just, that's been a helpful bit of knowledge or wisdom that has decided for me when and where and how I'm going to go to places. Bellevue was one of those places I ran, I did the checklist. So. As we learned last week, Katie is from Queensland, Australia, and that is the next place we're going. And I, like I said, I really meant for her to explain that trip, and I'll do that later, and we'll watch her cute little video she made. Um, so as, as, as I've considered going to Australia, I thought, okay, the Lord has given me a radical love for the gospel. The Lord is giving me a desire because I know Katie. Uh, I've met her family. I've met her parents. I've met her brother. I know her now. I want to... I want to go. Why, why wouldn't I? Why, why wouldn't I want to go? I have a, the availability to go, and remember the third point. Point I have an opportunity. So it hit all three marks. So I said, "Well, I guess I'll buy a plane ticket now." So that trip just came together through Katie's love for her home country and uh, Australia's. America is becoming very secular, but I think Australia is far more secular than America is. So, the three points in three words, salvation, desire, and opportunity. So as I talk about all of these missions opportunities, 
I wanted to explain, I've been thinking the last couple of weeks about Bellevue and the missions opportunities that we could have or currently do have. And I just wanted to spend the next little bit of time casting a vision to you all about what my desire is for, for us here at Bellevue. I want us to be a church that has an urgent, excited, joyful busyness in sharing the gospel locally, regionally, and globally. Now, how do we achieve this? I think we achieve this by creating a structure, and I'm beating these three points to death, but salvation, desire, and opportunity. So if we're saved, we should have an, a desire to share the gospel, and to share the gospel, we have to have opportunities, and we are sort of in charge of creating those opportunities. So here I am presenting some opportunities. So we want to have local opportunities. We want to have regional opportunities. We want to have global opportunities. In my mind, our local focus should be across the street at Kelly Elementary School and the houses around the church and the people of this community and Petersburg. That would fall in the umbrella of the local community. Now, there are, there are things that are going on here already. Uh, just to name a few, Paula is doing ESL ministry in Florence. Rodney and Tammy and, I, and Mary Harold have been involved in Child Evangelism Fellowship. And Justin Combs and I met this week, and he's looking to get involved in uh, the Fairhaven Rescue Mission in Covington. And these are all good local and regional opportunities for us. And these things, they're already ongoing. So we're already doing things. It's not that we're not, I'm not sitting up here saying we're not doing things. I'm just saying I want to create a structure that we have certain focus areas. Now our regional focus, in my mind, our regional focus or something that I'm excited about is the Kentucky Baptist Convention. A focus area of the KBC is Cincinnati. And just this week, Monday and Tuesday, I went to this church planner event. There's, I think there's 36 North American Mission Board church planners in Cincinnati. And this week we went and visited five of them. And we got to see like where they were at in their, in their church plant. Some of them had buildings. Some of them were meeting in schools. Some of them were just getting started. Like this one guy in particular, he's sharing a church building with another church and he has to meet, the building's free. And he said, if it's free, it's for me. This guy said, and I like that. But, He's meeting on Saturday nights because that's the only time he has available, which actually could be a great benefit to him because he might reach people that, that he wouldn't be able to reach on Sunday mornings. But my idea or my main focus for the regional part of this program is to partner with a church planner and to partner with a church planner. First off, a, a church planner is somebody that is supported by a church. It would be as if uh, John Rowland went out and he said, I think the Lord's leading me to plant a church in Cincinnati. And we would say, that is great, go do that. And we would come alongside you and support you, not only financially, but through prayer and through um, a relationship, just coming alongside, like we come alongside each other for everything. We, we, I just wanna partner with a Cincinnati church planner because there's a gigantic need there and I already have one in mind and that's good news. So there will be more coming up and, and, and this will be an opportunity for all of us to serve alongside him. We can, we can go to his church. We can, we can, I think more than anything, we can just be a friend to this guy. These people that do this, they sacrifice a whole lot. Some of them, some of them, I mean, 
just getting right down to full-fledged honesty, they're just broke. I mean, they, they, they're living for this sole purpose to plant a church and they just, they're, they're given everything they have and, and many times they just don't have anything left. So there's a huge need there. And, the, and as I think about the local and the regional, the local opportunities should happen very often. While, why should this happen? Because we're living in the local opportunity. So we should be on mission in our community all the time. Um, and I failed to mention I'm meeting with some people at Kelly Elementary this week. So please be in prayer about that. Now our regional opportunity, our, our support could be ongoing, but our actually going and, and being working alongside a church planner would probably happen uh, quarterly, maybe. And then our global focus, this is the exciting and adventurous category. Uh, this A global focus would be something that would only happen probably annually because it costs a lot of money to go fly across the world. So, and, we, and just the time availability, we don't have that, but we can have ongoing uh, contact with, with whoever we choose. And this global opportunity, I know not everybody is gonna be interested in going, and that's fine. And not everybody's gonna be interested in uh, the church planner, like going to the church planner, and that's fine. But we can all be praying and we can all be giving, and some of us will go, and that's fine. We can't all go. Uh, so some of, some of us will be the boots on the ground people, and some of us won't, and that is totally acceptable. So with all of this said, I'm just trying to, to cast a vision, and uh, I'm looking at my sign-up sheet. I put a sign-up sheet. If you're interested in the global discussion, because I have not chosen a place. This, this choosing is not only up to me. I want it to be a discussion that we have. So if you're interested, I hope everybody's interested in all three of these categories, local, regional, global, but if you're actually interested in trying to develop the global opportunity, there's a pretty little sign-up sheet that I printed off. It's hanging on that cork bulletin board back there. So put your name and your phone number on that sheet if you want to be a part of that discussion. And that discussion will probably start after we return from Australia, because Australia could be one of those possibilities or opportunities. And I, I have open doors in Tanzania, India, Scotland, but I was looking at uh, the International Mission Board website and just on their first page, there's like a dozen pages of, op of missions opportunities through the International Mission Board. They had opportunities in Thailand, France, China, South Korea, Kenya, Cambodia, and Zambia on just on page number one. So the point, of, the point of me saying all this is we can go just about anywhere. We just need to meet together and pray about it and discuss and see how we want to partner. And remember, salvation, desire. We need to figure out where our desire is and then we'll create the opportunity to get to where our desire is. So all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So as we talk about these three areas, y'all thought I was closing with that, didn't you? Sorry, I'm not. What does success look like in these areas? Locally, success looks like people coming to faith in Jesus People who possibly didn't have faith in Jesus before now do. And my hope is that they would end up celebrating their faith in Jesus by becoming members of 
Bellevue Baptist Church. That would be the local success. People come to faith, people come to church. Regionally, success looks like people coming to faith in Jesus, people who possibly didn't have faith in Jesus before, now do. These people will not end up at Bellevue Baptist Church because of their distance from the church, but because we will be partnering with a church planner, my hope is that they would celebrate their newfound faith in Christ at his church. And globally, success looks very similar. Success looks like people coming to faith in Jesus, people who possibly didn't have faith in Jesus before, now do, and we can direct lost people to the local churches in the area that we are partnered with uh, for their ongoing discipleship needs. And one of the, the, one of the reasons I get so excited about global missions is global missions um, stretch us. So to go on a two-week trip across the world, one, it costs a whole bunch of money. Two, it takes a whole bunch of time. Three, you sit on a plane for a whole day. Dale is just, he's checked all the way out <laughs> of this conversation. He, is, I, he was looking up, he was wondering, well, I wonder if that's an original stained glass window. Or... <laughs> you shouldn't have worn that orange shirt, I can see you. You can't hide. But it stretches us, you know, we, we don't know what the food's going to be like. We don't know what the people are going to be like. We don't, many times the language is different. We don't know who, you don't, you don't know where you're going to stay. Even the toilets look different. The toilets in Africa, if there were any, was just a hole in the ground, like an actual porcelain molded hole in the ground. And uh, it wasn't a big deal to me, but uh, I could see where stuff like that would be a big deal to people. So it just, it stretches our, it stretches our, it stretches us and and our faith. Uh, we have to rely way more. We always need to rely on God, but on a trip like that, we we have a tendency to to take things more seriously and really dig in. And that's one of the secondary uh, benefits of a global missions is that it changes us, and 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 it, that's been true in my life. So I already talked about the sign up sheet. Now. Part of my little spiel about church planning, I've, I've sifted through the pages of the Lively Stones, and I've heard some I've heard some points about well, Bellevue's been involved in two church plants. Well, Burlington Baptist I think came out of Bellevue and Big Bone, and this happened in 1843 I think or 23 I don't know I can't remember. It was 180 years ago. I did the math. That's too long ago. We need to get we need to be planting churches now. So. That was, that was one, uh, the church planner thing. We don't just wanna, we do wanna go up into Cincinnati and feed the hungry and all those things, but the, this, the reason for partnering with the church planner is to see God's kingdom come into the church. So I got excited about that. And as I was reading the Lively Stones, I thought, okay, I'm sitting up here giving a sales pitch to the church. What would a success look like, uh, you know, 30 or 40 years from now? So I went ahead and, wrote a future excerpt from the Lively Stones for when we edit Lively Stones the next time. And I'm going to read that to you. And then we will close. So bear with me for about three more minutes. All right. This is from the Lively Stones 40 years from now. In 2023, Bellevue Baptist Church either ran out of options or took a chance on a pastor who had no pastoral experience. It was a scary time for the church. This man had tattoos and a beard. 
We thought maybe he had escaped from a prison somewhere, but we quickly found out he was simply a man that wanted to serve Jesus and do what Jesus told him to do. In the 40 years that he was our pastor, we saw many people come to faith in Jesus, not because of anything that he did, but because of our faithfulness in listening to what the Word of God said. We took missions and discipleship very seriously during those 40 years. We did ministry within the church to disciple each other. We were like family. We never fought over carpet colors or paint colors. We never gossiped about anything. No one was ever thrown under any buses. Life was good during those 40 years. We served local schools and even the nearby town of Petersburg faithfully in a way that was honoring to Jesus. We partnered with Cincinnati church planters and saw 50 new churches planted in 40 years time. Many people in Cincinnati came to faith and Jesus inside the wall, came to faith in Jesus inside the walls of these churches. We traveled to six continents sharing the gospel with many people. We never made it to Antarctica because people that live there have already lost their minds and there is no hope for them. But we did make it to Asia, Africa, North America, South America, Europe, and Australia. We were adventurous with the gospel in a time where our culture was more interested in staring at a phone than living for Jesus. Those were the good old days at Bellevue Baptist Church. I'm glad we decided to listen to what God revealed to us in his word because our lives were much better for it. So that kind of wrote my own obituary in that. But I hope that, you know, I'm, I'm not just here to so we can, uh, I am here so that we can all show up and smile and be a church family, but we have work to do. So let's go do the work. Now, I hope this vision casting is uh, something that fires you all up and we can, that this is just a conversational, this is a conversation starter right now. So be in prayer about all of these things. And uh, if you have any questions about anything, or if you've come to faith in Jesus today because of you want to be a part of this future story at Bellevue Baptist Church? Come, come talk to me and let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, I'm grateful for this church. I am grateful that they recorded their history in a book uh, for me to review, and I really enjoy doing that. And I just hope that I hope I do make it here 40 years. I hope they don't kick me out of here for being silly and, and having fun, but all of those things are for your glory and your honor. And uh, I just pray that if anybody's here today that wants to know more about you or or does know more about you that they come forward and that they be baptized or that they join the church or that they have the first uh their first conversation about you that they've ever had and i pray these things in your mighty name amen